Welcome to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. Each week brings a new message that looks to invite you into a new life brought by Jesus Christ. We hope you are inspired and changed by God by the message brought by today's speaker. These were the sounds that got slower and slower after 2 p.m. on a school day. (laughs) By 2 p.m., when I was in school, I was looking at the clock. I wanted to get out of there. And the second hand got slower and slower and slower. For some odd reason, it was even slower on Fridays. And it was really slow that last week of school. Even though I had things to be doing, a teacher to be paying attention to, work to be organizing, whatever it might be, I looked at the clock a lot when I was a kid in high school. Because quite frankly, I had other stuff that I wanted to be doing. School was an obligation. I wanted to be hanging with my friends. I wanted to go to church. I wanted to hang out with my band mates. Yes, I was a band geek. Fully. Uh, (laughs) I had places and people that I wanted to be with rather than learning about this or that or these and those. And guess what? Some of us still do that at work, don't you? (laughs) We do this still. When we are getting towards the end of the day, we're looking at the clock and we're like, why is that clock going slower than it was earlier today? I cannot wait to get out of here because it's the same thing. We have other things we would rather do because obligations aren't as enjoyable as doing the things that we may want to do or being able to spend time with the people that we like and love. And it can be so frustrating to wait when the time goes slower, isn't it? It can be so frustrating. The people who followed Jesus in the first century, these 11 disciples that lived with Jesus for two to three years, knows that pain of waiting. Because you see, not only did they see Jesus die on the cross. And they really didn't wait in the three days. But when Jesus rose again from the grave, they were excited. They were amazed. They began to rejoice. And Jesus, for 40 days after he rose from the grave, spent time with them and continued to teach them and continued to show them the way that he had brought by teaching, by living, by eating with them, all of those things for 40 days. And all the things that Jesus preached and taught and lived that he said his disciples were to do. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go and make disciples of all nations. All those things. All of it looked really doable. Because he was back. Jesus was back from the grave. 
But it was only for 40 days. Because on the 40th day, Jesus gathers them on the mount and says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then he started floating upward. And he ascended into the heavens. And we even hear in, in the accounts that they're just looking up there like, what is happening? What do we do now? How do we do all the things that he taught us to do if he's not here? And they go from this mount, and apparently, they stay together, and they wait for 10 days. I know, I know this is really hard. There are only a few places in our lives these days where you have to wait 10 days for something. For the most part, though, you can get instant approval and instant buying and two-day shipping. and uh, <laughs> Like, we are a culture of less than 10 days. They waited 10 days. And on that 10th day, what Jesus promised came about in their world, and it rocked them and really encouraged them and did something amazing. And you might say, why 10 days? Well, it was sort of a perfect timing kind of thing. Because God has good timing, y'all. We're going to look at this account of Pentecost and why for such a time as this, the Spirit would descend upon the church and do what it does in amazing ways. And how we today are called to receive his leading for such a time as this. Acts chapter 2, beginning verse 1. When Pentecost day arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly a sound from heaven like the howling of a fierce wind filled the entire house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be individual flames of fire alighting on each one of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them to speak. There were pious Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And when they had heard the sound, a crowd gathered and they were mystified because everyone heard them speaking in their native languages. They were surprised and amazed, saying, Look, aren't all the people who are speaking Galileans, every one of them? How then can each of us hear them speaking in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, as well as residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the regions of Libya bordering Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the mighty works of God in our own languages. And they were all surprised and bewildered. Some of them, or some asked each other, what does this mean? And others jeered at them, saying, they're full of new wine. Peter stood with the other 11 apostles, and he raised his voice and declared, Judeans and everyone living in Jerusalem know this. Listen carefully to my words. 
These people are not drunk, as you suspect. After all, it's only 9 o'clock in the morning. 9 o'clock somewhere. Rather, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the, day, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young will see visions. And your elders will dream dreams. And even upon my servants, men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will cause wonders to occur in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and a cloud of smoke, and the sun will be changed into darkness and the moon will be changed into blood. And before the great and spectacular day of the Lord comes, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Amen. You can read the Pentecost account and get lost in all of the miraculous, supernatural things happening here. But the thing, the small detail I want you to cling on to just for this moment is right in that first verse. They were all together in one place. What were they doing? It doesn't sound like they were listening to a sermon and they weren't singing Holy Spirit because it hadn't been written yet. <laughs> they were together, praying, probably eating together, living life together, sharing life together. And in this, in this time that they were together, they were waiting for 10 days for God to move in the way that he said that he would move. Because Jesus, before he left, said, I'm going to send an advocate to you. I'm going to send the Spirit to you. They had remembered the words of Jesus. And they were worshiping and praying and being together. Waiting. Trusting that what Jesus had said would actually happen. Will Willimon says this, the waiting for something to happen should not be lost on us. They were waiting and praying as Jesus commanded. And prayer, I, I, I need you all to hear this. We sometimes think, and we've, some of you have been praying with the prayer journal over the past few weeks. Prayer is a posture of gathering together and relying upon God to act in a brand new way. They were already open. They were doing the things that Jesus was doing. And they were praying and they were worshiping. They weren't doing what we think of worship. They were, it was more relational. It was more being. They were together. They were waiting. For God to act. And boy, did he act. And as God comes, you hear about this supernatural tongue or flame, tongue of flame, flame, 
individual flames coming upon every single person. And then all of these uneducated, non-Duolingo users begin speaking in languages that they do not know themselves. They just begin speaking. And there are people in Jerusalem at this time who would not understand their language otherwise, but they hear them in their own language, miraculously, somehow. And what are they hearing? That Jesus Christ is risen from the grave. That Jesus is Lord. That Jesus is the way to be saved. That Jesus has beaten sin and death and nothing is ever the same ever again. They did not have Duolingo. If you know what that is, it's an app that you can download on your phone and learn language on your way as you go on your way. Some of you are like, what? What did he just say? What word did he just say? This wasn't a we're prepping and studying. This is a miraculous outpouring of the Spirit so that every single person from other places in the world would hear the news about Jesus Christ, y'all. Do you know how you know about Jesus Christ? It's because of the Spirit. They did not speak English. I know, we, we're spoiled. We, we read, it's like, oh yeah, they spoke these words. No, this is, they probably spoke Arabic, Hebrew, maybe a few of them Greek. Have you ever looked at these languages? Oh my goodness, they're complicated. Highly different than English. And they would look at us and say, yeah, English is a terrible language. You have one letter for three different sounds, right? <laughs> but the reason that we know about Jesus Christ still to this day is because the Spirit has been moving through the church into the world, and it transcends. The church is called to transcend every single division that we have among ourselves in the world. And the only way that we do it is not by studying, it's not by anything, it's by the Spirit. The Spirit equips them to go and make disciples. The Spirit equips them to love each other and love their neighbors as, them, as, them, as themselves. He equips us to live in the ways that Jesus lived. And I think sometimes what we do with the Spirit is like, I need you, Spirit. I need a sign. I need to feel better about this. I need this in this particular situation. The Spirit is always going to move you outside of yourself. Because that's what it did on Pentecost, and that's what it continues to do in the church today. The Spirit's work on Pentecost, everybody, shows the outward nature of its work. We are not saved and sanctified for ourselves. We are to help bring about the salvation in the world do it with the spirit within us changing us changing our words changing our actions changing our attitudes changing everything about us it is the spirit that equips the church to do what it's called to do so when you go back into the gospels and you read jesus's teachings and you say this is a hard teaching you're not alone Spirit will enable you to live that teaching. 
The Spirit will enable you to go and serve that person who you would rather not like to serve. The Spirit enables you to forgive in ways that you had never been able to forgive before. The Spirit enables you to let go of the habits that you and I cling to in our most desperate moments that are actually sin and causes us new life. The Spirit is upon us. But what the Spirit does is amazing. What the Spirit does is amazing. But I think the pieces that we sometimes forget is, what were the circumstances that the Spirit came? Nine o'clock in the morning. What do you do at nine o'clock in the morning, everybody? You're going to work. You're yelling at your children. You are, you are drinking your coffee so fast because you think that if you just get that little bit more caffeine, you will not murder this person at work. The Spirit comes, y'all, at 9 o'clock in the morning. And it makes them act crazy. It seems nuts. And everybody's like, well, obviously somebody's been hitting the wine already. It's 9 o'clock somewhere, as I was joking with you. But no. In fact, the Spirit enables Peter to speak up and preach in a way that he had never preached before to a bunch of strangers, doing something that nobody had ever seen. I can guarantee you the apostles are sitting there like, oh no, Peter, don't say anything. Please don't. And what comes out of his mouth is a bold declaration of what is happening here. This is the day that God is among us with his spirit, enabling us to be who he always called us to be. And the reality is, if the spirit had not come 10 days after Jesus ascended, there would not have been as much of a diverse crowd there because the diverse crowd was gathered for another festival. For such a time as this, the Spirit would come and show what this church is capable of. And there are people from all over the world and all of a sudden there are seeds of the gospel planted in all of these places that I probably butchered on how to pronounce. Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia, Mesopotamia, Egypt. From this moment, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is risen. It is now going outward. It was the perfect time. And that's the thing, y'all. The conditions for the Spirit to come was they were gathered, they were waiting. Spirit acted when it acted it in the way it seemed most appropriate. Amy Mulder says it this way. The good news is for people of every language and place. It is for every people and every moment. 
every single moment in every place that we are at and every people we are with, person we are with, is an opportunity for the Spirit to act and move in miraculous ways. Every moment. With every person. In every place. Transcending the divisions that we have in our world. There is never a bad time for the Spirit to lead and to guide us to do His will in the world. For such a time as this, the Spirit is among us right here and right now. And God will lead us to do his will and to share the gospel in the world around us. And so the question that I want for us to ponder today isn't if the Spirit will move among us, but rather are you and I waiting for the Spirit to act? Are we intentionally opening ourselves to the Spirit? Are we gathered with each other, praying, debating, and worshiping together? Or is this church, our event, just a part that we've inserted into our lives? Because I'm here to tell you that the Spirit will move the more that we spend time together, the more that we open ourselves to God and to each other, the more that we pray together, the more that we worship together, the more that we serve together, the more that we give together, the more that we love together, the more we are committed to waiting on God together, the more we will see the Spirit move. And we have to remember that this was one of the most confusing, uncertain moments in the disciples' lives. They were waiting for 10 days. And so what I want to speak to you very plainly is this. In times of uncertainty, like the time that you might have felt last week, and even right now, about where we are as a church, about us, our, your pastoral family being called to another church, you might be thinking to yourself, I'm, I, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I'm scared. I'm just going to handle things on myself. A lot of times in these uncertain moments, what we do is we fall back on ourselves and we, I'll handle it. I got to put up a wall. I got I to gotta survive this. And I'm here to tell you, don't. Do it. Look around you right now. Look around you. Everybody look around you right now. God has given you each other. And in your uncertainty, spend time waiting for God to do what he's going to do right here among you. Don't don't back away. Don't make it about, well, I was friends with Pastor Matt or nobody else. No, you should be friends together. If, you're, if I'm your only friend, I'm, I have, first of all, sorry. <laughs> I'm 
we must buy into where the Spirit is going to lead us together. And so, friends, I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this as clear as day. We need to be in each other's lives, praying, worshiping, serving, giving, loving, waiting for the Spirit to be the church. What kind of church would we be if in a time of pastoral transition, new people came to know the Lord? New people joined this church. New people joined your discipleship group. You know what that is? That is the acting of the Spirit. And so often we think in these terms of, well, we don't have a pastor. I probably shouldn't invite this person to this thing or that thing. No! My voice is up here for a reason. No! The Spirit prompted you to invite that person. Bring them in. Spirit prompts you to rely on each other and love one another and be in each other's lives. Don't back away. Because you know what? The early church sat there for 10 days. They didn't go about their lives. They sat there for 10 days. Together. Confident what God was going to do among them. Take the time to be with each other, to wait on God with each other, to pray and to live together because God will do something new in you. That thought of waiting and spending time reminded me of something that we are dealing with with our toddler. I know, I talk about my toddler a lot, but I just want you to know, I am with my toddler a lot. <laughs> if you have talked to Chloe, she knows a few words. And she knows some words that you will not understand, but I will. You know why? Because I'm with her. As we talk to her, she is picking up on new words and understandings of what they mean, and she does what she can to say what we are saying. This morning, what did she say? She said, Bailey, or no, no, no. It was, I don't, I don't remember exactly how she said it. But I knew what she was saying. It was follow me. <laughs> follow is not an easy word to say as a toddler. But she was trying her best, and I had the ear to hear it because I spend the time with her. And as we spend time together, she learns from me and I learn from her. It, it's not the Holy Spirit in per se. But the picture is just the same as powerful. Spending time together as a church, opening ourselves to the Holy Spirit, will allow the Spirit to move among us in new ways. In you individually and in you corporately. So take the time to learn what the Spirit is saying together. Take the time to know where the Spirit is leading in these next days together. And I assure you, God is going to be faithful 
in each and every one of you. It is for such a time as this that the Spirit will be with you always. Enabling you and changing you and leading you to be the church God has always called you to be. Friends, may we, may we be people committed to waiting on the Lord together. And as we do, may we go and live as the Spirit equips us to live in this world, to love each other, to love our neighbor, and to make disciples of all nations. Let us pray together. God, you are good. You do not leave us. You are with us. You are present with us even right now by your Spirit. And I pray, God, I pray that we would have the courage to continuously allow you to move among us because we are together waiting upon you, allowing you to guide us in all things. I pray for your encouragement and your strength in these days. I pray in the midst of transition and uncertainty that you would fill us with your peace. Not just because you are with us, but also because you have put others in our lives to journey together in life and in faith. God, work within us in these days to be faithful servants of your Son and of your Spirit. Enable us to go out into the world and to be the apostles, the disciples, those who make disciples and those who love in everything. And as you do, may we have our eyes open to all the ways that you are working among us. And we ask this in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. We hope you were inspired by this week's message. We'd love for you to join us on a Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. We are located at 3924 High Street Northwest in Warren, Ohio. You can also join us on Facebook Live. For more information about our ministries, or if you'd like to contribute to our ministries online, visit us at championnaz.org.